Welcome back to a, another episode of the Astral Lockroom Podcast. It has been a minute. Um, to all of you who will listen to this, thank you. Uh, thanks for your patience. Thanks for the wait. Uh, I've just been really busy wrapping up my junior semester, my junior year, really, uh, up here at CSU. And I needed some time to detox and plan and really figure out where I want this to go as well as starting to piece together other parts of my personal life um, on top of also working on career projects and figuring out what those are going to look like for the summer. I just posted something new on Instagram today, uh, pictures uh, from a f- two different shoots uh, with my good friend Tristan, a.k.a. Alucard, who I did a interview with on this podcast, but I also did a uh, somewhat condensed version of that interview, which you can find on YouTube. YouTube, it's kind of a short-form documentary, auto-ish biography conversation uh, YouTube, um, which I'll link in the comments section, the description of this podcast uh, on top of that, that was that was part of a school project, obviously just working through finals and other final projects. I put together a lot of really good work this semester. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of myself. Um, but my next challenge is getting a job. <laughs> uh, I was working at Finish Line at the mall. Wasn't getting enough hours. Uh, and since then, I've been bouncing around. I did one day working as a milkman. And... I can tell you that that experience is something I never want to duplicate. (laughs) It was a rough one. So if any of you get milk or dairy delivered, tip those drivers, man, because that job is no joke. I got there late because it was supposed to be a training day. So I didn't get there until like 9 or 10 just start lifting like cartons of milk like six gallons at a time stacking them and then stacking and dragging uh, six cartons of six gallons like stacked on top of one another and then loading everyone into the truck and then when you go out on deliveries you get so we did like almost 200 total deliveries that day and when you have that many you're just sprinting back and forth from the houses and I know some of you have been like that doesn't sound so bad that's great. You know, if, if that's your kind of job, by all means, go do that shit because you make really, really good money. Me, on the other hand, I think that further reiterated to myself that I'm a service and person, like people person uh, in terms of my line of work. Um, whether it's part-time or full-time, I like to interact with people and build connections and help people out, which is very important to me and also makes work way better so maybe just not the labor guy Uh, i've got a few options in terms of job um so hopefully those things will pan out and things will start to clear on top of that i've been trying to find a place to live for my final some two semesters up here at csu um kind of crazy to really say that you know i've only got one full year here uh, at the place I've called practically home for the last three years and that chapter is slowly coming to a close Um, and yeah 
the time will come to process that, but it's uh, pretty crazy considering I didn't know what in the world I wanted to do when I graduated high school and not a, not a single clue. Um, and now it kind of feels like those pieces are falling into place and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I celebrated two years of a great relationship with my partner. Um, thank you to her and her wonderful support. Uh, but yeah, looking for a house for my last year of college. And let me tell you, U plus two, whoever put that trash rule law legislation into effect deserves to, I don't know. I don't wish ill will on anybody, but man, that sucks. So for those of you unaware, U plus two, you can only have three people max who are unrelated living in one house together. And I've got three other roommates, so four people total. So we are having a little bit of trouble trying to find a place to live, which I'm sure something will work out. It's just crazy to me that people are so adamant about college kids not living together uh, that they're willing to put laws and legislation in place. You know, maybe I should do some research to find out why that happened. I'm sure it's probably to stop partying and to keep the family values of suburbia in place and intact. But man, these kids are just trying to live together. I'm not trying to throw ragers. Maybe one. But man, like, come on. It shouldn't be that hard. And then you have, like, the real estate sharks who buy up every property and really limit the opportunity for people to actually find housing. So yeah, that has been a struggle. So why am I recording a podcast? There's no interview for today. Uh, I have one thing potentially scheduled for the upcoming week-ish. Uh, my, my schedule moving forward, I want to do one podcast a week, one podcast a week. Do not hesitate to reach out if you want to come out here and come on to the podcast, shoot the shit, talk about whatever it is you want to talk about because I am so open and I want to build and I want to network and I want to get to know more people and this is a great chance for you and your craft or just your personality to get free promo. So don't hesitate to reach out. You know, my DMs are always open. My number, bang my line, you know, tap in. <laughs> so uh yeah so today's episode i think i'm just gonna do a little bit of a sports episode here uh talk about primarily nba nhl playoffs and maybe get into a little bit about arsenal i think i have been shying away from a sports podcast um because i hold a high standard of myself and and i think part of that is i'm pretty scared to fail in the sports realm like that's my biggest uh passion in life you know it consumes the most of my time it's my biggest hobby i'm always watching a game i'm always involved uh, always on twitter and i listen to a lot of sports podcasts and my idols at this shit my goats so to speak are so good that i think in my mind i'm constantly comparing myself to them but i'm going to use today as a dry run and an opportunity to do what I got to do and, and learn and do this kind of hands-on. So without further ado, we're going to hop in here and talk some sports. Let's talk NBA. This year, the NBA implemented the 
play in tournament. Saw uh, the seven and eight seed in each conference compete for that seventh spot. The ninth and tenth seed play to get the eighth seed. Uh, so loser of seven eight plays to keep their spot in the playoffs, playing the winner of the nine ten game in another game essentially uh, not gonna spend <laughs> too much time explaining it but i've got to say it was a hit and for something that was under such scrutiny all season long it gave drama importance to all of the games down the stretch which usually unless there's a really tight race in the nba which compared to a lot of other sports i.e the nfl even the nhl to a large extent uh, the last week or two of a season in the NBA does not hold as much excitement. But this gave purpose to those teams in each conference, all the way down to the 10th and 11th seeds. Every game mattered. Every game was important. Uh, I think that's also due to a shortened season. Perhaps that's something that we can look at. I know that injuries were up uh, throughout the NBA this year. Probably, well, the NBA hasn't confirmed that. Uh, but some numbers that I've seen have shown that there were more like ACL significant injuries um, for players throughout the season. And that's because more than likely the amount of rest that players had off between the bubble and the start of the season, uh, as well as just the frequency of games. The inconsistency of the schedule, too, did not help with COVID stops and uh, breakouts within organizations. Uh, but overall, the play-in tournament was a huge success uh, that first Warriors and Lakers game was phenomenal. Uh, LeBron's return, I'll get into the Lakers here a little bit later, but his return to playing such a really big game after only playing one or two previous to that, coming off of an injury, hitting the game winner, Draymond's crazy foul. What a concept. I mean, who would have thought, first off, that the Lakers would be in the seventh spot looking to fight their way into the playoffs you know there is no guarantee i think it, that uncertainty opens up a whole new world of possibilities in terms of results for the nba um that game was great then you also had the in the other west coast for the eight seed the memphis and golden state game sure it led to curry not being in the playoffs but it gave the Memphis Grizzlies, the second youngest team in the NBA, a platform and a stage to perform, to let their voices be heard, to let their game do the talking. Because I think a lot of people hear, oh, Ja Morant, you know, yeah, he's a good player. But man, he led those group of guys to a play-in, play-in win that led to a playoff win. They're leading that series against Utah Jazz, Jazz as of today. Um, tw- what is the date? 526, uh, I believe. 526? 525. Uh, leading that series 1-0. You know, maybe if they don't even, you know, who's to say that the Warriors wouldn't have won that game? But it was great. And on the, on the East Coast side, uh, East Coast significantly not as good of a conference in comparison to the West. Uh, the playing games were exciting, though. I mean, you had Washington, who I think through a quarter of the season was like the second worst team in the NBA, fighting and clawing their way back into an eight seed. Sure, they lost that first game to Boston, and it wasn't pretty, but they fought their way back into the playoffs. And you know, Boston, what an awful season they've had. They have absolutely no fight in them. However, I will say as we kind of morph out of this play-in talk and into the general playoffs they played Brooklyn tough I think that was 
the best game I've watched of Celtics basketball this year. I'm not a Celtics fan. I don't really I mean, I love Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, who's hurt right now, big bummer. I think if they have him, this series could be a little bit different. But they finally showed some dog. They finally showed some fight, some relentlessness, some desperation almost. It's like they were too comfortable all season. They're down one nothing to Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be hard to believe that anybody can beat them. But in a more than likely conference semifinal matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks, that is going to be a series. We watched them play a few times in the regular season. Each game was down to the final three minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, does Milwaukee have enough to stop James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving? Kyrie playing at another level. James Harden, although he's still coming off that injury, looks great. And man, Harden, what a player. You know, I know he gets a lot of stick for how he left Houston. and It probably wasn't a very appropriate way to do so, especially after all the demands that he required from uh, you know, and all of the things he required from Houston in order to stay there, and then he just ended up turning his back and leaving. But hey, we're in a superstar league. That's how it goes. And the decision to go to Brooklyn has paid off so far. KD looks incredible. You know, I think he could make more jumpers, be a little more consistent, but, you know, it'll be very interesting to watch he and Giannis matchup in the semifinal matchup, or the, yeah, yeah, semifinal matchup. But that bottom half of the East bracket, the 3-6 matchup, the 2-7 matchup, still really, really good games. I mean, Milwaukee, Miami, from what I've watched, I've watched the first two games of the series. I don't think that Miami has enough. I think, you know, if guys like Duncan Robinson and Hero, although they've had a good series to this point, they're not really clicking on the same level that they were in the bubble last year. I think if those guys are really up there and playing to the best of their abilities, you know, maybe the series ends up a little different bit differently I think if Miami also has Victor Oladipo who they acquired from Houston who's kind of turning into a little bit of a journeyman he can't stay healthy anywhere kind of sad to see but I think if they have him a healthy version of Oladipo the series could definitely be different he's a great wing defender you could throw him on a guy like Drew Holiday and let Jimmy take Giannis and then all you got to worry about is Middleton and you have a guy like Iguodala who can get stops against another really good wing offensive player like Middleton but man I gotta say Chris Middleton the guy is a bucket. I can't lie. He gets a lot of sl- a lot of flack in the media, but he hits shots, man. His mid-range is elite. It's like young DeRozan almost. So I think Milwaukee takes that one. I think Brooklyn takes Boston. Uh, 1-8 matchup, not really much to say. I think Philly sweeps, if I'm honest. I know Washington played him relatively tough, um, but he had a terrible game from Simmons. Subpar game from Embiid, and Tobias dropped like 39. Um so it'll be really interesting. Uh, the Westbrook story this season has been phenomenal. Really cool to see a guy who is is a legend uh, doing what he does, getting triple doubles, padding the stats, and carrying that team, willing that team at a time when Beal was hurt to to the playoffs. Great story, and you know, just add on again, playing gave him that chance to to be in there. Uh, and then my favorite matchup I think in the East right now is that four or five between the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. I've got to say, basketball is just better when the New York Knicks are good. MSG is one of the best sporting venues in the entire world. I mean, the way that that crowd reacted, game one, first game of the playoffs, was phenomenal. 
give Tracy Morgan, Spike Lee, the crowd just going crazy for that R.J. Barrett poster or the R.J. Barrett three in the corner. Or when Alec Burks, the most unsung hero of unsung heroes, goes off and lit him up early in that second half at the end of the first. Made things interesting. And that's one of the big things I've noticed is just how much of a difference fans make. Not only for the sporting event in person, obviously, but when you're watching at home. It makes such a huge difference for the viewing and entertainment experience, in all honesty. Being able to just hear the roars and hear the excitement, hear the boos, like when Trey Young became a villain and he hit that game winner over the Knicks in the fourth quarter, and he shushes the crowd and he said, it's quiet as fuck in here. That's what you need in sports. You need villains. You need that interaction. So, yeah, great series so far. I think the Knicks could ultimately win in six or seven. They just have to play smart amount around Trey. Trey's the perfect player for these for these playoffs, though, man. Knows how to work with the refs. Gets calls. Smart with the ball. Hits big shots. Got to respect it. Uh, Knicks need better performances from Randall. Um think Rusty probably nerves first really 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 important game he's played in his career question mark you know I haven't followed Randall all too quickly but it's great to see what he've done he's done for that organization this year and hopefully he can continue to will him uh so in the east I got Philly going through I've got the Knicks going through Milwaukee going through and Brooklyn going through I know all favorites but that's just kind of the way that the east shakes out so at the top of the west got Utah, Memphis, the 1-8 matchup, Memphis getting that A-seed via playing game. I've got to say, Utah, what are you doing? I think people are really overreacting to the Grizzlies win. I was initially, I can't lie. At the end of the day, this Utah team finished with the most points in the NBA. They're a talented group of guys. They play really well together. They have for a few seasons now. If they get Donovan Mitchell, this is a different series. Dylan Brooks can guard one guy. He can't guard two. The intensity of that young Grizzlies team is awesome, though. I think it's really great to see a guy like Ja get the opportunity to take the front stage of the NBA, continue to build that legacy. You know, before he, he hit some of those buckets uh, in the playing game, especially the winner, the spin move to the floater, I was just screaming, build your legacy, Ja. Now's, now's your time to make a name for yourself, and he hit it. That's what big players do. So, great to see. I think the Jazz win this one in five or six. If they can get Mitchell back. No one really knows what's going on with that injury, though. But it cause for concern. Clippers-Dallas. This one's pretty short and sweet. If the Clippers don't win this series against Dallas, it's going to be one of the biggest disappointments, if not the biggest disappointment in that franchise history. you got to blow the whole thing up, as Bill Simmons said. Luka Doncic was just getting buckets on their team. Getting buckets, setting up buckets, just doing what he does. And you got two elite, elite wing defenders in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and not one of them, neither of them, stepped up. What's the point of bringing in these two wings if you're not going to let Kawhi, who we've seen him do it before, Match up against the best teams, the other team's best player. What's the, you're going to put Pat Bev on him? 
Doncic said it himself. He's too damn small. He can't guard him. Put Kawhi on him. But are they too afraid to let Kawhi? You know, I just don't know what's going in in going through the minds of that organizations. Going through the mind of that organization. There we go. I mean, Dallas isn't even like that good. I know Doncic is incredible, but that roster is not great. They can shoot well. They surrounded him with shooters, which is, hey, maybe that's what the Nuggets should do around Jokic. But that Clippers team with just Kawhi and George alone should be better. You know, don't play Nick Batum in crunch time minutes. What does he offer you? An occasional corner three because he stands out there like the worst guy in a pickup game? I mean, it's pretty damn simple. The answer is right in front. Let though, and, and, pl- and playoff P, Paul George, this dude has to figure it out in the playoffs, man. He's a professional athlete. He makes a ton of money. It's not even about how much money he makes. Where is Paul George from the Pacers? Maybe his shoulders are gone. You know, I don't know. But during the regular season, he's a completely different guy. He just doesn't play with confidence in the playoffs. It's disappointing to see because I'd love to see a fully go Paul George and Kawhi playing together, bossing up the playoffs. I will say, though, with the Clippers or the Mavs, I think whoever wins out of this wins this series has the best chance to make it to the conference finals over the Jazz if they were to go through. Or Memphis, obviously. Um, I mean, we could be watching history in the making with Luka. Could be writing his own legend, doing his thing. And we could be witnessing potential greatness, which would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. But these clips, I mean, you gave up seven first-round picks for Paul George, and you can't even make it out of the first round against Dallas. I would hate to see it happen because those fans deserve more. You give up Shea Gilligas Alexander, who's going to be a star. Give up seven. You give up the Poku pick. I mean, (laughs) I'm joking. Um, But, man, got to figure it out if you're Clippers. I know they brought in a player's coach in Ty Lue, but maybe Doc is what that team needed. I don't know. Veteran guy, plenty of playoff wins, championship wins. The the trophy Lue won is basically, he he had the same effect Frank Vogel did last year in the bubble. What did Vogel do? Nothing. Just let LeBron and, and whoever else is on your team do their thing. Let LeBron do his thing. It's pretty simple. I'm going to take the Clippers in seven. I think this one goes seven. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all transpires and moves forward. Denver-Portland, 3-6 matchup. I'll be honest, I'm a Nuggets fan. I don't care (laughs) if we get bounced round one. I think more than anything, I want to beat, I would like to see the Nuggets beat the Trailblazers round one just out of spite. I'm tired of matching up against Trailblazers. Dame Lillard, hell of a player. Uh, just don't really like his game. Does the same thing like Trey does, jumping in uh, into dudes to get calls when he's shooting. CJ McCollum, I like his game a lot. Um, but I think they're too small. You know, why go out and get Norman Powell at the deadline? I think they could have probably got a guy with some more size. The Nuggets, I think ultimately, if they have Jamal Murray, they are a title contender. It's as simple as that. Um, but this is also some pretty pretty good experience for a lot of those young guys. Most importantly, MPJ. He had a decent game last night. Uh, the MPJ thing is odd. Great shooter. But the dude has some of the softest hands I've ever seen when driving to the cup. You know, I don't know 
what he needs to do to work on that, just continue to maybe practice that, you know, going to the bucket, taking contact, trying to finish. I mean, the dude's 6'10", 6'9". He has size on anybody that Portland's throwing on him. He should be finishing above him. Um, Takes a lot of dumb shots. His defense has gotten better. You know, he's stepped up in in some moments here in this series. Uh, Jokic gave him the MVP. There's no doubt in, I think, anybody's mind at this point. Um, Yeah, this will be an interesting one to see how it transpires. I think they're the, the Blazers, in order to win, it's going to have to be somebody alongside Dame. And I think, ultimately, if I were the Blazers, I have Ennis Cantor, who's a goon. I have Yosef Nurkic, who knows Jokic's game. Using both of the big guys, make it really hard for Jokic, just like the Lakers did last year with Dwight and AD at times. And You know, I mean, Jokic is playing at an elite level, so I don't know that they'll be able to stop him, but it definitely would slow him down. So, uh, I think I'm going to take the Nuggets in that one in six or seven. Last series, Phoenix-Lakers. Lakers look confused. They look they look like they don't know what they're doing. And I think a lot of that stems from Vogel. I've been on the record as saying I don't think Vogel is a very good coach. I think the amount of injuries that they've had this season is hard to make. Uh, has been hard to grow some coherence between the team where do all the pieces fit together well I don't know because we haven't had them all in two three months you know that's kind of rough especially going into a playoffs as a seven seed playing a really really good two seed in Phoenix Devin Booker people doubt it the kid's a bucket man even though he hasn't played in a playoff game before he just scores he's he's and his defensive mentality has gotten so much better with Paul on that team. Bridges, because he's like 6'4 with a 7-foot wingspan. I mean, that's Kawhi. I think he has all the tools to turn into a Kawhi, get a little more consistency on the offense, offensive side of the ball, develop some mid-range game, and he would be elite. He could pull up just like Kawhi does. He has, he has the arm, arm length to do so. Uh, I think this one comes down to... Phoenix's health, specifically with Paul, it was very obvious that that shoulder was bothering him. You know, can and and the play of Aiton, he dominated Anthony Davis in that game one. Phenomenal play from DeAndre Aiton. Um, and for the if you're the Lakers, you need more out of Davis. He looked uninterested game one. Didn't really look like he was trying all too hard he was getting bodied by a second year player taking bad shots understood on the defensive side of the ball you know the davis that they had in the bubble that was never in doubt every game it was full go i think the health of lebron i think he needs a few games I think best case scenario, this goes late for the Lakers, six, seven game series. LeBron gets his legs back and can take over games, but his shooting has been bad. Who Who's their third guy going to be? It's always been who's their third guy going to be. Is it going to be KCP? Is it going to be Kuzma off the bench? Taylor Horton Tucker, I think he's a great player. He, he could be your sixth or seventh man off the bench, get you a bucket. He plays very intensively. When it matters the most, he shut down the Nuggets and our guards at points in the season, gave us buckets. So, um, I'm going to go with the Lakers. 
in seven. I think this one goes the distance. It'll be very interesting to move forward. Let's hop over to some NHL talk very briefly. Uh, I might just focus on the abs here. We'll see. NHL playoffs. Probably my favorite season of the year up there with March Madness and anything else in the world. <laughs> the intensity, the hustle, the grind, the hits, the goals, the storylines. It's been nothing but phenomenal. Starting in the West, my Colorado Avalanche steamrolled the St. Louis Blues in a series that was nitty-gritty. I've got to say, even though we won 4-1, I don't think that the Avs played anywhere near their highest level. There were ebbs and flows of that, and there were moments that were great, um, but there was some sloppiness, and they're definitely going to need to clean it up uh, before their matchup with whoever wins the Vegas and Wild series. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, my hottest take is that I think he's better than McDavid. Sure, McDavid, regular season MVP, the dude gets points, his speed is unreal, his playmaking, phenomenal, but he's yet to win a playoff series. And I know a lot of that has to do with the roster, but a guy of his caliber should be able to get them one game against the Winnipeg Jets, and they got swept. So not something that you want to see. Uh, last takeaway, I think St. Louis, you know, they had moments in this series that scared scared the, the living crap out of me, and they have some players. But I think the Avs, top to bottom, just have a far better roster. And, and this season, just probably like last, I mean, we went out and we made some acquisitions this off this past offseason. Uh, that further reiterated this, but it's it's championship or bust for this team. They can't go out second round in a game seven this year. They just can't do it, and I think that they won't. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. The Vegas and, and Minnesota series, I'm surprised that it's 3-2 as of today. Uh, you'd really like to see Vegas win that one in five, six, but the Wild played them tough all year. Uh, they've got some grind to them. They play physical. They match that intensity that the the Knights have. And they've given them hell through five games of the series so far. Uh, I think uh, Vegas without Max Pacioretty is a tough one. He brings them a lot of scoring and opportunity when he's on the ice. You know, if he gets on the ice this series, the next series, it's going to take Vegas to another level. Oh my goodness. Minnesota. I mean, I've been wanting to see their presumptive rookie of the year, Krill the Thrill, Kaprizov, do his thing. Take the game into his hands and make some plays. He finally did that in game four, uh, game five. Uh, scoring a goal creating some ample opportunities. Now this series 3-2 goes to Minnesota for game six, and they're going to be as desperate of ever as ever, playing in front of their home crowd. Don't be surprised if this one goes to seven. In the Canadian division, probably the worst division in hockey, uh, Toronto leads the series over the Canadians 2-1 as of now. Montreal, what are they doing? They have a stud rookie who since he came up this year, has made plays, set up his teammates, done his job well. They sit him 
for the first two games of the series. Give your young guy a chance to play. Give your young guy a chance to learn. Obviously, for Toronto, we had that scene, game one. John Tavares gets that knee to the head, knocked unconscious. Glad to hear that he's doing okay, but that's a game changer for Toronto. I think that they will beat the Canadians here, but making it out of the Canadian division in the conference semis is going to be really hard without him. Such a veteran presence does a lot for that team outside of just his leadership and scoring and his defensive work. Like one of the best two-way players in the game. Ryan O'Reilly-esque. You know, can they get it done without him? We'll just have to wait and see. But the depth for Toronto has done really well. Guys like Nylander really stepping up, making plays. Uh, they're solid-ish on the defensive side, uh, but goaltending and and the ability of those top six guys is is going to need to show up if they want to continue on this role that they've had. Uh, the other series in the Canadian division, uh, Winnipeg swept the Edmonton Oilers last night. Second game of a back-to-back. You go to double OT the night before, triple OT in that game. It was a thriller. Great game, but man, Edmonton, what are they doing? Their roster stinks. Goal tending is awful. Their bottom six defensemen, not at the level you need in order to make it through the playoffs. Feel bad for McDavid. I know I was talking about him earlier. Um, but he just doesn't have the pieces around him to go through. And and Dreisaitl, too. I mean, how do those two guys not at least win one game in a series? I think that the playoffs and the intensity, the physicality, are a testament to, you know, you can have as many stars as you want, but if you're not willing to get nitty-gritty and, and put the team on your back like those guys should have, then you're in, you're in big trouble. And the, and the Jets did just that. They played them physical. They were clinical with their chances. I mean, arguably the last two games, you could say that they were outplayed by the Oilers, but they still managed to win games and, and step up in the moments that matter the most. You know, you need your guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl to come through in those OT games and steal you a game. Take that thing back to Edmonton 2-2. They had ample opportunities. Uh, the Jets, deep physical team, turning up, getting hot at the right time. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they beat the winner of Toronto and Montreal in the second round there. Now, heading over to the East Division, the Islanders lead the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2. to two. This has been a good series so far, uh, but do not be surprised if the four-seed Islanders, up, Islanders upset the one-seed Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think the Pens are a little bit too old. They're not so deep. Uh, the Jeff Carter acquisition has been great. He has been phenomenal this series. He has been lights out, scoring really, really big goals, setting up opportunities for his teammates, doing all the little things right. You know, If he's not scoring, he's behind the net, shooting pucks out into the middle, giving his guys in the slot a chance to score. You want to see more from Sid here. Uh and Malkin. Malkin had a really, really good game five. Uh, unfortunately, they lose that one in OT, double OT. Um, Islanders are a deep team, even without Anders Lee, I believe, is the guy who got hurt. Um, we'll see who pull this one's out. pulls this one out, but I'm feeling game seven Islanders. They've been getting the goals when they matter the most, especially in OT. They've, they've looked like a different team. Boston beats... Upsets the Washington Capitals 4-1 in a pretty dry, easy series 
for the Bees. Uh, they lose game one in OT, win four straight. Simple as that. I think this is one of the last great Bruins pushes with their core of Bergeron, Marchand. Pasta is still a youngish guy, uh, but for those other two guys, they're vets, fairly old. Um, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, I think they're a semis team. I, I don't see them losing to the Islanders or the Penguins. Really good unit and, and everyone uh, playing to the level that they need to. You know, their stars have been phenomenal. Making making plays and doing what they've got to do. Capitals, disappointing first round exit. Um, that game one, I, I, there, I thought there was no way this series is going to be over in anything other than seven. But the Bruins turned it up. Ovechkin, you can kind of tell he's on his last legs. You know, it's sad to say for a guy who's been in the league for almost 20 years now. Chara, same thing could be said for him. Um, but I think they were too big, too slow, almost. And and the Bruins matched them in every facet, in, in hitting, in passing, in scoring, uh, back-checking. You know, the Capitals just simply were not good enough. And heading down to the Central, I think the biggest surprise, I mean, we see Carolina and Nashville tied 2-2 after four. No one probably saw this coming. I mean, if the Hurricanes get upset, it'll be the biggest upset of the playoffs. Nashville did phenomenal in front of their home crowd, and I think a big reason this is 2-2 is I think the Hurricanes are kind of having a stretch like the Avs did three years ago. Very young team, first time they're in the playoffs, a lot of pressure on them, a lot of pressure on their stars. I think they pulled this one out, but Nashville's done a phenomenal job for a team that's pretty damn deep. I mean, you look at their roster, they have experience, and that's what matters most in the NHL playoffs. And the last game, the Florida Panthers uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay leads that one 3-2. I would love to see Florida go through here. Just feels to me like they're a year ahead of schedule. Losing Ekblad in the regular season is pretty killer. Doesn't really give that team depth of scoring. If you have him on the ice with Huberto and, and Barkov on a power play, I mean, that's that's crazy. That's, that's Avs-level stuff there. Uh, without him, they're definitely missing just a third piece, a third playmaker to go out and, and be the difference maker for that team. So Tampa, I mean, they've been here before, and I think it's really shown in the first five games of the series. They went on the road, dominated, went back home. They lost one, but that team is is stacked. And the goaltending is phenomenal, even though Vass has been beat a few times this series. Um, there's just not enough, I think, from the Panthers to top the Lightning here. But, hey, playoff hockey, Tampa's up 3-2. I'm taking Tampa, but don't be surprised if Florida comes back and wins this one. I think I've got Avs, Tampa in my finals matchup. Should be a great one. Very excited to see what is to come. This is some of the best playoff hockey I've watched in years. And most importantly, I'd love to see the Avs win the Cup. And with that, I'll leave the episode there. It feels good to just talk, ramble, give my extremely generic and base-level analysis. And I can't wait to see what comes next. Uh, I've got, like I said at the beginning of this episode interview lined up if you want to hop on the podcast just give me a shout 
I want to get better. I want to grow. I want to work on multimedia projects. I want to do it all. So don't hesitate to reach out. And we'll call it a wrap there. 40 minute mark.